This is Hassan Akram, your host for Autonomous Vehicle Safety and Security Podcast, brought to you by Matrix. Abdel, you're asking actually a million dollar question. Today's call, we have Abdul Rahman Hassan. Abdul, where are you from? I'm from Egypt. I am graduated from Cairo University. I have been working as a software engineer for a couple of years. I have worked in automotive field as a safety engineer. Fantastic. So, how can I help you? What is your question today? I am asking what is responsible for making a scope for safety analysis. We need to limit the scope of safety analysis how to make a compromise between how to make the component is safe and in the same time within the budget. Abdel, you're asking actually a million dollar question. This is something that is the job of the FUSA manager. You have to find the golden middle where you optimize the price at the same time do not compromise any safety features. How do you do that? It's not possible for me to explain you the entire thing in within, within this half an hour call, but I'm gonna tell you how uh, things are done in our real life project that we do for our customer. You have to look at functional safety from the vehicle level. You have to look at the vehicle, you know, the safety goals that are coming from the vehicle level. And when I go and train my clients in a functional safety training for software and so on, we have software engineers, we have testers, we have system engineers. Oftentimes what I see is they miss the link between their task and the vehicle level safety goal. So once you understand the vehicle level safety goal and then you trickle that down to the system level and trickle it down to the hardware mechanics and the software level, then you will realize that there are certain things that are essentially crucial in order for you to fulfill the safety goal. Otherwise, the safety goals will be violated. However, if you have a siloed picture as a software engineer about functional safety and you do not understand, the word understanding is really the key here because people talk about it, but you have to understand and kind of internalize the vehicle level safety goal all the way down to your task. You will have an understanding that what is important, what is essential and what is not, and how to partition that. You know, you're familiar with the term freedom from interference. I'm not going that technical in this uh, podcast right now. If you understand the vehicle level safety goal and all your teammates, not only you, all your teammates who will be doing the software development, who will be doing the testing, who will be doing the architectural design. If all of your teammates will have the same understanding, you can optimize functional safety to a point that will not hurt anymore in terms of cost. At the same time, your functional safety can, can be made very, very robust. Uh, in LinkedIn, in the functional safety ISO 26262 group, somebody asked if there's one um, aspect of functional safety, functional safety problem that has to be solved and that will bring us really a lot, what would that be? Somebody asked this question and so many people are answering. There was one answer that got really a lot of attention is getting rid of the segregation of functional safety and the development team. You know, you have to work together, kind of like inclusion of the functional safety 
and the development team. The functional safety manager, I mean, you have to do your task in order to make the vehicle safe, in order to ensure the safety of the passengers who will be using the vehicle. The passenger will not use the software, will use the vehicle, will drive the vehicle, and you'll have to ensure the life of the passenger is not endangered. And that spirit can be implemented within a group environment where functional safety is inclusive. So that is my second point that I want to make today, that inclusive functional safety and understanding of the vehicle level safety goal. These two things, if you can uh, attain for all the members of your team, your product will be robust and also within budget, within time. I am asking about uh, another point here. If you are going to make a safety analysis, for for example, FMA or FDA, if you have the optimization from the first point in your mind, how to make the safety mechanism for uh, these basic events, so that you cannot uh, make as many as uh, basic events or failure modes as possible, because you know uh, what is the safety mechanisms uh, you are going to use so that you're going to optimize your analysis to make it within uh, a certain budget, for example. That is a tactical point. In the tactical point, I think if you want to do some tactical optimization, we will have to look at it from the holistic context. What you have mentioned, you may or may not be right depending on the context. If in your context you see, okay, I can optimize my safety analysis just by doing this, this tactic you just mentioned. Why not? But you have to always prove it in the context. The term safety element out of context. In out of context, it means that you have done some robust testing and there was companies like Tuvnord or Tuvzud came, did some assessment and put their stamp on it. It doesn't mean anything more, anything less. You have to uh, look at the safety from the entire context from the vehicle level context that's why if what you've just mentioned the tactic just you've mentioned makes sense in your context sure go for it optimize as much as possible what is the best profile to be a FOSA expert uh, nowadays we can see a lot of FOSA experts how can we judge a real expert let me answer this question in two parts. The first part is someone's technical expertise. At Matrix, we do not look at the number. You have worked as a software engineer here eight years, so what? That doesn't mean anything to us. So technical expertise can be evaluated by asking interview questions. Like you wanna hire, you ask difficult interview questions, you can evaluate that. You can still make mistakes there. Functional safety manager is a position where sheer technical experiences are not enough. You need a lot of human capacity for to be a um, functional safety manager. But because the reason is, what will functional safety manager do? The functional safety manager will talk with this department, that department, try to make them understand why the safety concepts have to be this way, not that way. So this person will have to have a lot of human skill. He has to be a good negotiator. Articulate and communicate what he is expecting from the development team. The million dollar question is, how do you evaluate that? My answer to that is you can't. You have to hire someone, make mistake, and when you realize it was a mistake, unfortunately, you have to let the person go. It is not difficult to uh, judge someone's technical capability. 
And technical capability is not the majority of the game. 80% of the game is his human capability in automotive functional safety related tasks. So that is, in my opinion, really, really important. So if you wanna be a functional safety manager, before that, I want you to ask the question, why do you want to be a functional safety manager? Because that is what missing in most of the cases when people plan their career, they define the what, what do they want to be? But they, they often don't know why they want to be a functional safety manager. Why do they want to be a technical lead? Once you define why, what will happen to you, the how part will come to you as a, as a byproduct of the, of, the, of the analysis you will do when you will be defining your why. And once you have the how, it is clear. You, it will take you to what you want to be. Now, if your goal is to functional safety manager because you care about product safety and that's your passion, then everything else is really, really simple. You, you, will, you will just walk uh, in, the, in the right direction. You will be always be involved in the community. You will always be you know, dealing with your passion. And with, with the course of time, with your effort, you will reach your goal. That's not difficult. Does that make sense, Abdul? Yes, it makes sense. Uh, very good. Uh, very good answer. Uh, Thank you. But I, I, I'd, I'd like uh, to stress in a point. Mm -hmm. uh, if there is a very crucial problem in uh, safety analysis and the functional safety manager is not able to solve it so that uh, he, he will engage the uh, safety expert mm -hmm. in his company, mm -hmm. right? Yes. So, so that uh, the functional safety manager in this role is a quality is working in quality only or he can uh, combine uh, technical uh, and quality and no need for expert. Um, if you, is your question that if functional safety manage, manager merely a quality person or does he have to have technical expertise? Yeah. Well, a functional safety manager will have to have a lot of technical experience. What we've seen in the past, the best people with functional safety, they understand very well software, they understand hardware, and they understand mechanics, and they understand the system, and they understand the vehicle. Yeah, this is, this is really, a t really too much to ask for, but that's how the job is. I don't mean to say that you have to know the nuts and bolts of everything about the vehicle system and, and hardware. You don't have to be experts of all those fields, but you have to have a lot of understanding how a random hardware failure will occur, how it can impact your software, how it can impact the system, how it can impact the vehicle and hence the vehicle level safety goal. So it's a holistic field and you have to have the holistic understanding. I would recommend you to read the book of Hansley Ross, The Road Vehicle Safety, and you will see how beautifully he has developed, he has also sketched this history of functional safety in that book. And uh, you, will, you will know what is required uh, from a functional safety manager from, from a knowledge perspective, if that's what your question is. Yeah, yeah, thank you. And uh, so that the functional safety manager is uh, not required to be a jack of all trades. It depends what you mean by jack of all trades. When with jack of all trades, if you mean that he doesn't, he, he knows uh, everything, then not. However, he needs to understand. He needs to be able to understand 
the software, the hardware, and will have to be able to uh, speak in the language of the software when he talks to the software developers. He'll have to speak in the language of the um, hardware when the hardware developers and so on and the system at the system level with the system engineer. So let me give you an example. There was this this project. I will try to anonymize it as heavily as possible, where we conducted some interviews about the issue of timing. Timing is related to safety. So you know, if you have a millisecond task, how do you deal with it? If you have um, you know, what is your period and so on. And what we, the purpose of the interview is to see that if within an organization, people speak the same vocabulary for the same technical term or not. It turns out they didn't. They talked about the same technical concept, but they had different set of vocabularies, department to department, depending on the uh, on the on the person who is talking, so we, it is important to create an interface, and we call it the communication interface between these kind of siloed environment. And functional safety manager is kind of like that interface. He has to have that interface. Yeah, that's why he have to have understanding. Yeah, perfect, perfect. Uh, final question. Yes. Can we uh, make them uh, more motivated to work in functional safety and to persuade them that the work is uh, very crucial and is not just paperwork for uh, legislation or so? I love this question. I'm glad you asked this question. The answer is by answering your why. Before you want, went and chose your career path, if you did answer your why, the purpose of your career, you wouldn't be frustrated because of the paperwork. Think about a, a hospital scenario, yeah? A doctor is working day and night and patients coming in and out, he's saving lives. So there are two kinds of doctor out there. One is saying, oh, it's too much work, I'm, I've, I've done this, I've, I've seen doctors complaining about they're too much work and everything. I mean, that amazes me because think about it. This is a doctor who went to a med school. That means he's one of the top scorers in the whole country, went to a med school, spent six, seven, eight years of his or her life, then uh, went to, went to, took, took, a, uh, took a job at a hospital to specialize. I mean, this is your dream. You want to, you want it to be uh, this way. You wanted your life to be this way. You worked so hard for this, and you, for the fact that you have taken this spot, somebody else did, didn't uh, was not able to fulfill their dreams. This was your dream. Now you're complaining about it. There's this another kind of doctor who has his purpose, his or or her purpose defined, and says, okay, this is what fulfills me. I come and save lives, and this is what makes me fulfilled, makes me content. That person will never have any complaint about any paperwork. So when you are defining your career, if your career is a functional safety manager, earns good money, I'm sure you'll be frustrated with the paperwork or if your purpose is, I'm gonna save lives, I'm gonna make the vehicle, the product safer, 
the number in Germany is 3,500 people dying every year. Because of my effort that I'm doing, maybe the number will come down to 3,000. Maybe the number will come down to 2,500. If that is your purpose, I'm not saying that that has to be your purpose, but that could be one purpose that drives you. Another purpose could be, I mean, you have to define your own purpose. Well, your purpose could be that, yeah, I want to, I want to, I want to provide for my family. The purpose has to be defined. And once the purpose is defined and the purpose and your job, they coincide, there will be no frustration because every, I mean, let's admit it, there is no job in the world where you don't have to, um, where you have to, don't have to go to tedious, tedious stuff, right? Everybody will have to do it. The only way you can mo keep motivated and not complain about it is if you have your purpose defined. Yeah, fantastic. Can I share a point uh, uh, from your answer? Yes, uh, if it's a goal uh, in mind, this can help you uh, to be more motivated. Uh, but uh, the problem here is that uh, uh, many guys don't know uh, many uh, about the daily work of functional safety engineer from outside. He loves this uh, title, he loves this uh, work, but after uh, going into more and more analysis and see uh, lots of uh, paperwork, he realized uh, that he doesn't know what is the type of uh, this uh, position before uh, getting into. Absolutely. If you are a functional safety manager for the title, it's deadly. It's deadly because you won't be happy. It's deadly because you will not be de uh, developing safe product. It's deadly because you, you're, you know, because of your not very motivated work, a lot of things can happen that we don't want to happen. You know, it, it's not only for functional safety manager. In any position, if your driver is the title, I mean, again, we have to, it can be. So for some people, title is important, but we have to understand why the title. I mean, the, you, you have to keep asking the question, why? Before uh, defining, I would, I would recommend you reading Simon Sinek's book where he explains this why um, idea in an, in, a, in, an, in an extensive way. Because, you know, let's, let's face this. Career is your lifetime thing. You will spend 55% of your adult life at work with your job, right? And this has to have a purpose. If it doesn't have any purpose... It, it, it's, it's going to just make you miserable. I mean, for me, it's important to be happy. Yeah, I mean, at Matrix, what I care for that everybody is happy. They're doing what they're doing and they're happy about it. The rest, if you're happy about it, the financial aspect or the career advancement aspect, the technical aspect, this will, this will be taken care of on its own. You just have to make yourself happy. Yeah, uh, this is the most important thing is to be happy in everything. In everything, everything you do. And to compromise your happiness with, with anything. Exactly, exactly. And here's another last bonus tip for you. It's my yeah. theory of how to be happy, how to pursue happiness. The answer is don't. Don't try to be happy, don't pursue happiness because you're already happy. You just have to unlock it. You just have to accept it. Everybody is because happiness is within you. Nobody else can make you happy. If stuff makes you happy, then it's not happiness. It's dopamine rush. You know, yeah. people confuse this to dopamine rush. 
Dop you'll get a dopamine rush when you'll have when you take cocaine. Yeah, that's is that happiness? It's not happiness. Thank you very, very, very much for your uh, valuable answers. Thank you so much for calling, Abdul. I, I really, really appreciate that you're following the podcast. And uh, yeah, I mean, let's be in touch. And I will. I would love to keep following your your development. Keep keep me posted. If any of these things that we discussed, you applied and got some benefits, shoot me an email. I would love to hear from you. Fantastic. All right, Abdel. Thank you. Be blessed, brother. Then we'll take it from there. Okay. Bye bye. Bye bye.